I'm joined by Fabiola, who is the GM at Mercedes-Benz of Lubbock. And Fabiola, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a great honor. Yeah. So how cool is it to be praised so highly by Rick Cavender on LinkedIn? Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's amazing. That's what I love. And Rick Cavender, like he has been such a pivotal piece of my growth here within the organization. That's and who cool. can actually say, hey, my owner has a personal relationship with me and an investment into my career. Like that's amazing. Yeah. How cool. And I mean, there's, there's, there's two sides of it on the extremes is that you're, you, you've seen it where it's the traditional part of automotive where they have no investment into the next generation of leaders. And then you're part of a group like Cavender where they literally go out of their way to help raise up those next leaders to the point where they, you know, make you, let you become GM. Isn't that cool? I think that's amazing. And yeah. that's one thing that I just really am appreciative because this is not the first time they've promoted, you know, a woman to a position of power within the organization. Sure. So there's another lady called Julie Herrera who actually owns her own entire group now in Austin. Wow. They just opened up their new superstore out in Austin. And Julie Herrera, she was the first general manager over at the Audi store that was sure. a female. So she kind of ushered our way within the calendar. So thank you, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so blazing you. some trails. <laughs> yeah, seriously, blazing that trail. And then also because, for example, Stephen and Rick Cavender's daughters are both within the organization and they work their ways up into yeah. being managers. And, you know, like Claire heads up basically all of our outreach programs. So we are very big into the community. So Rick. That's right taught me one thing and he said if we take care of the community the community will take care of us and he really believes that and so much so that he has his daughter running around town all the time and <laughs> basically giving out money to everybody because you know we do want to take care of our community yeah but there's a lot of cool things you guys are doing like even right now i think you're still doing a veteran giveaway um, for like a car, which is really cool that you're doing big things like that. Oh yeah. So, you know, we also have like the cousins, we call them the brothers and the cousins. Yeah. And so on the cousin side, uh, that's going to be the calendar auto group and they're doing oh, sure. yeah. great things over there with them, giving away cars to, you know, our, our you know, hardworking, uh, military personnel. Um, my husband's a veteran. So that's one thing that is near and dear to my heart too. And then, you know, with the Cavender brothers, which is Stephen yeah. and Rick, uh, we just did a huge United Way campaign throughout all of the stores and we raised several hundred thousand dollars for United Way and oh, all, the, my like, word. all the programs that are, you know, within United Way. How cool. So even like the, so you got the two sides of this and even just the family as a whole, it's really clear that they are so invested in giving back to their local community. That's gotta be really cool to be a part of. Oh, a thousand percent. And the great thing about it is they're so locked into their community because yeah. they know that, you know, that's just the right thing to do. There's some other organizations which, you know, go into a dealership and you can feel the difference between if it's family owned or if it's corporate. Because yeah. a lot of the corporates, they don't spend time doing community outreach. They don't even care because they're yeah. like, well, we have a dealership. We're going to make the money, but we're not going to reinvest in our communities. So I just think that, you know, there's a really big difference there. Yeah, for sure. And Fabiola, what got, what, how, how did you first start in automotive? What did that look like? So it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I was working for Nordstrom and okay. I was a department manager. I was managing jewelry and my old roommate's uh, then boyfriend was a manager over at a Toyota store. And 
him and I made next thing you know, we're neighbors. And he goes, you know, how do you like it at Nordstrom? And I'm like, well, I really love Nordstrom as an organization, but I just feel like I've kind of, I want something different. Not that I didn't really? love it because Nordstrom taught me yeah. a ton, but then I was like, well, I kind of, I kind of want to try something else, you know? Yeah. And in doing so, I was actually dating somebody in automotive too. And he was sure. a finance manager. And I was like, if this guy can make that kind of money, so can I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when someone says that they have the word schmuck attached, attached yeah. to them. <laughs> no, he was a good guy. And yeah. like, I'm so glad because I'm so thankful that in the end, like he's with a great organization too. Yeah. And like, if it weren't for me seeing how much success can come from the automotive business, I wouldn't have ever gone in. And then thankful to also my, my old roommate's uh, boyfriend at the time, he got me an interview at Toyota and that's where I had my start is a, as pretty big dealership in uh, Toyota of Bernie that's owned by Vic Vaughn, who is a huge, huge influence in my career because like I, I, I always said, I want to be just like the Vic Vaughn's and the Rick Cavender's of the world. Yeah. You've got some good role models in your life. So what brought you to Cavender? Like when did that start? Ha- when did that transition start happening? Oh, okay. So basically it was kind of weird. Uh, I ended up moving back to Maine for a couple of months because my parents, that's where I grew up was in Maine. I see. Yeah. And I moved back home for a couple of months just to kind of reset, try something new, spend some time with my parents, just basically hang out in Maine for a couple of months. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I came back to San Antonio and I was looking for a job. And at that time I reached out to an old coworker of mine, uh, Ross, who was my finance manager at Toyota. And I said, hey, I've heard really great things about the Cavenders. Do you think he can get me an interview? Well, next thing you know, his floor manager, John Mark calls me and goes, hey, uh, Josh is available. So Josh is my platform director. And he says, but you need to come in now because he's about to be gone for a week. So here I am going, oh my gosh, I need to prepare. <laughs> And so I go in for my interview with Josh and the first thing he asks is like, what do you want out of your career? And I looked at him and I say, sir, I want you to retire comfortably and I want to take your office. <laughs> you said that confidently. Yeah. I was so <laughs> oh my word. And this was at Audi Dominion. I had yeah. never met this guy before, but I came in just guns blazing, thinking <laughs> that, you know, but that's always been me. I've always had all these like big goals because in the end, I know that everything that I've learned from everybody that has invested into me, it's paying off because I paid attention and I can't take all the credit because I've always been tenacious, but I've had a lot of really great mentors in my career that took the time to say, Hey, we're going to invest into you, but this is like, this is their payoff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And when did you become GM? So I just became general manager uh, about two months ago, give yeah. or take about a week or so. Yeah. They, uh, and what's funny is I was literally coming out of maternity leave. I just had twins uh, five months ago. No kidding. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I get a phone call from Josh. Josh has always been a huge cheerleader in my life and also Marion. And uh, Marion is one of the dealer principals for the group as well. Oh, cool. And uh, they called me and they said, hey, we have an opportunity uh, for Mercedes and Lubbock. I know you just came off maternity leave, but are you ready? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, let's do this. 
But you have to come in right now because he's taking vacation for a week, right? Didn't it feel like that? It seriously felt like that. I asked him, hey, when would you meet me there? Because we just yeah. had babies. I'm at sure. home. I'm trying to figure out this whole situation. And Marin goes fab um, yesterday. And I'm like, oh, Lord, like, how am I going to figure oh, this out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they gave a, a couple of weeks and uh, my husband ended up quitting his job. My parents relocated from San Antonio as well. And we all moved to Lubbock. And No way. Look at you. You brought everybody to Lubbock. Yeah, I brought everybody to Lubbock. But it's kind of cool because they believe in me, you know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just even shows that you have a team that's on your side that's willing to invest in you and give you those resources so you can be a part of that. That's really cool. Oh, Man, yeah. so... Now I got to ask you. So, if you look back at your journey to um, to when you first started the Toyota store up until now becoming GM and Mercedes store, what were some of the big challenges that you had? Well, one of them has been just finding the right group. To be honest, sure. I've worked with different groups, and they're all wonderful and they're all great. They just weren't aligned with where I wanted to go. Yeah, there's some groups that they have salespeople in their roles for years and years and years, but the development of, you know, getting to finance and getting to a sales manager just wasn't there. So that was a big challenge was finding the right group. And when I, when I, you know, I was super, super blessed with finding the cabiners and they truly have made my career because they really, truly feel that promoting from within is the best way to go with an organization. You know, you got to start yeah. in sales, you got to work your way up just like they did. You know, one yeah. of my big, one of the people that I admire a lot is Kate. So Kate is uh, Stephen Cavender's daughter. And when I first started at Audi, she was our finance assistant and they told her, Hey, if you want to be a part owner one day, you need to work your way up. And she didn't just take the path of least resistance. She got into the nitty gritty of working at a dealership and yeah. just admire that she just worked really hard. So that's, that's one thing I had to overcome. Another thing that I had to overcome is just, I had three kids in two years. Yeah. So it's a lot, you know what I mean? And when you're a mom, you always have that okay, am I a good mom or am I going to work? Am I going to follow right. my career? So just finding that balance has also been a challenge in my personal career. Um, but my husband is a stay-at-home father now. So he did his job. He worked at the dealership too. Yeah. Probably one of the best I've seen, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> he's and, missed. <laughs> yeah. And now he's at home with our kids, just trying to usher them into a new environment. And then eventually he'll be back in the car business. But um, I wouldn't, you know, that was a big, big thing for us that I was like, how are we going to manage this as parents? And then also just all the no's I was told throughout my career. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be everybody's favorite pick or the person that they believe in, but I was told no a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's one big reason why I left Toyota was because I was one of their best sellers. I was a trainer. I had their commitment. I did community outreach and they refused to promote me. And I was like, what am yeah. I doing wrong? And so I decided to leave the organization, which made me sad because, you know, I loved working at Toyota Bernie, but yeah. when I left, I was like, hey, that was the right move. And that was the learning yeah. path that I probably was there a little longer than I probably should have been. Sure. But that's another thing that I kind of, you got to learn. 
Yeah. Well, if there's someone out there that's listening to this that really thinks that maybe the place that they're at now is not the best place for them, how would you describe what it's like once you do find that right place and once you do have the right leaders that are investing in you and empowering you to be the best leader? So the crazy thing about it is you don't know until you leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's kind of like you're in this spot and if you're just unhappy with what you're doing, but you love what you do, it might not be aligned with the organization's culture. You know That's what I true. mean? Like I love the car business. There is nothing more gratifying than having your customer hug you or send you a thank you note because you helped them get into a vehicle that they didn't think was possible Yeah. or because you just went above and beyond. And that gratification is just amazing. And in my career now being a leader, I have always had a lot of gratification from watching my people grow, like yeah. promoting people is my favorite thing. And I, I, I love watching that. So if you don't feel like the organization that you're aligned with is not going to usher you in the right direction, or even just the culture, is not what you want it to be? You can make a change. Yeah, you that's are right. valuable. And that's the first step that I would suggest for someone to make is really just at the end of the day, be like, okay, I am worth more than this. And I'm great at this. I'm great at this. I'm great at this. And just write it down. I'm big about writing it down. I always have a folder. <laughs> so just write it down. <laughs> I just write it down and write all the notes and write all the great things that you're good at. And yeah. just know your worth and know that somebody's going to see that worth. And when yeah. you find that organization that sees that worth, they're going to support you a thousand percent, just like I have with the cabiners. Um, like the other day, uh, Stephen Kavanaugh came and he said, I, I told him, sir, thank you so much for this opportunity. And he goes, no, fam, this isn't a thank you. You earn this. And him saying that made me feel like, wow. That's like, cool. How satisfying. Isn't that so <laughs> yeah. cool? Yeah. No, for sure it is. And, uh, you know, just kind of looking back on that. So, um, there's a lot of things obviously you've accomplished here in 2023 and there's a lot of things you're probably looking forward to for the future. If you look at what 2024 is going to bring not only like you, but also your store and your family, what are some of the things in 2024 that excite you the most? <clears throat> everything. It's hard to say, but um, the one thing that I'm starting to see is ever since I came here, I, I've really changed the culture of the dealership. Everybody's a lot oh, cool. more happy, a lot more positive. I've had so many heart to heart conversations with my staff about what's their next step. That's the first thing I want to know about you is I talked to, I have a staff of almost 60 people and I sat down sure. with every single one and I said, and I asked them three questions. Number one, what are you good at? Number two, where do you see your opportunities or where do you feel like you need more training to get better at? And number three, what do you need as far as support to make your department run more efficiently and effective for our customers? That's and cool. I learned so much through those conversations because I actually care about people's careers. The car business changed my life dramatically. I have never known what financial freedom looks like until I came into the car business. And yeah. that was, I already had a successful career at Nordstrom, but it's yeah. not like the car business. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's so much more fun too. So I really want every single person here to have that kind of success. And I'm very big uh, proponent of promoting from within. So just having those conversations early on in the year with, you know, everybody in my staff and seeing, okay, 
you want to get from here to here. This is what we're going to do to get you prepared. So I'm just so excited about that. I'm really excited about becoming part of this Lubbock community because from what I can see, people are so extremely kind here yeah, and so polite, very well-mannered. And I just can't wait to actually be, you know, part of this community, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you feel like a newbie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a newbie. I'm yeah. excited about that. And I'm excited about the growth within Mercedes Benz. There's so much technology coming forth, especially with the EVs. That's one big thing that I am trying to push right now in Lubbock is, you know, we're big on oil and gas because that's where a lot of our money comes from, but that yeah. doesn't mean that you can't start looking towards the future and getting a hybrid or getting an EV. I have, I have an EV. I come from Audi. So um, that's yeah. one big thing that I love at the end of the night, not having to stop at the gas station and just. <laughs> you wake up with a full tank? <laughs> yeah, I wake up with a full tank. I don't have to deal with the smell, the weird the gas station. Yeah. I'm always running late, or you're, you're like, oh man, I'll do it in the morning. And yeah. You know, it's the morning and you're already late. <laughs> so I was like, let's not do that. So it's so cool to just plug it in in my garage. And- you're ready to go. So I'm yeah, really excited cool. about the future in EV where Mercedes-Benz is going as well. For sure. And Audi has some really great EV product, but I got to tell you, the stuff that Mercedes is coming out with, it looks so cool with the technology that they have built yeah. into it. It's going to be oh, great. Yeah. And especially because like as of 21, all the way through to 23, they just redid most of the line. So the technology on the inside, they all have like the big screens on the inside. And then, you know, just the way that they drive. Everybody, yeah. you know, there's not songs about, hey, how look how cool my Hyundai is. They're talking <laughs> about Mercedes, you know, no offense, Hyundai, but, you know. <laughs> Mercedes is the flex, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the flex. Like, yeah. you got to have the Benz, you know. It's in every song. It's in our pop culture. That's right. And, it, you know, there's a reason for it because it is looks. Like, it yeah. is luxurious. It's t- technologically very inclinated. You've got the top performance on there. I love EV because it's straight torque when you take off. Um, the engines, everything is just, I love Mercedes. And I'm kind of drinking the Mercedes Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> but it's because they got great stuff right now from what they have going on. Oh. If you look back at like technology that they had around the turn of the century, let's say like 2000 to 2010, compared to other vehicles that were out around the same time, you looked at Mercedes like it was, you know, it existed, but it was more Mercedes and it was more, not necessarily outdated, but it was clearly in its own lane. Where now they have so much great technology and literally they are leading the charge in what that looks like, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way. No, no, I definitely do. And I definitely agree a thousand percent because I, I that's a conversation I had with my staff. And I go, look, yeah. guys, there's a lot of really great competitors out there, but are they really competitors? Can yeah. they really compete? Because I see a lot of these vehicles and I know they're trying to cut costs, but in cutting costs, they're also cutting the performance for their customers. So cutting, you know, the little things, if you get inside of, you know, a vehicle that is $70,000, you expect $70,000 worth of like luxury. That's right. (laughs) You know know what I mean? And you get inside and then the dials are plastic. Yeah. And the fixings are cheap. Even just like the, you know, your seatbelt buckle, like that is just cheap. And so that's what I tell everybody. If you're going to buy something at this price and it's not like before when you looked at Mercedes, BMW, Cadillac, Lexus, Audi, and there was a price discrepancy between, let's say, a domestic like a Ford or a GMC. But now if you look at the SUVs, they're almost the same price. (laughs) 
but you know the quality is it's in the mercy. It's a little bit different, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. And like even when you sit down, it's not real leather anymore. It's pleather. Yeah. And when you get That's into true. a Mercedes, we're still using leather. One of the few. That's yeah. Right. And just it's just little things. And then also Mercedes realized that a lot of their consumers are actually women now. So they're redesigning a lot of these vehicles to adhere to what a woman needs. Like on the EVs, there's like a middle hole area where you can put your purse. Um, things sure. on your steering wheel. And it's a safety thing too. So when you're driving, you don't want to be, you know, reaching over for something. You want yeah. it readily available. And I'm only 5'4", and I've got little T-Rex arms. <laughs> so for me, like reaching like the center console, sometimes I had to do that in some of the cars. But yeah. in the Mercedes, it is so well just planned yeah. for people to be comfortable in it without having to put themselves kind of in a dangerous situation or kind of a nuisance, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Man, but obviously Mercedes has a lot going on. Um, you've got a lot in your personal career that you have going on the next, uh, not only like month, but also into 2024. So that's really cool to see. Huge props to you for leading your team and also helping them grow because it's very clear, Fabiola, that that's a passion of yours is really helping give your people the resources to grow. So that is so cool to see. Of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I was telling my husband, I know that this is a big chance, but the one thing that I always said that was going to be my big goal when I became a GM, because I told him I will be one one day. <laughs> yeah. and, it's not if it's when, yeah, it's not an if it's a when, and, <laughs> um, you know, I always wanted to be a GM because I wanted to change people's lives, just like the general managers Shoot. that I had changed my That's life. Cool. Like Josh Hoffert, I will, follow him to the ends of the earth because he was my general manager. And until years later, my finance director of a long time, Brandon Brock, who is fantastic, barely told me that as soon as I left the interview with Josh for the first time, he says, that's my next manager. <laughs> no kidding. And, and I was like, wow, like he only met me once and he already had that kind of instinct about yeah. me. And it's kind of nice that he's always believed in me and obviously now giving me a store to run, you know, the proof is in the pudding too. I can tell you everything all day long, but unless the proof is there. And so I'm just extremely thankful that he believed in me and he continues to believe in me because I, I, you know, I was talking to one of my coworkers, uh, Sergey, he's the GM over at the Audi store. Him and I did finance at Audi in San Antonio. And I told them, I want people to talk about me the way that I talk about Josh. And I want, sure. to talk, I want people to talk about me the way that I talk about Rick and Steven and Marion and Ray, uh, Ray Sanabia, who's also another dealer principal. Yeah, and yeah. I want that respect and you have to earn it. So I'm trying sure. so hard to kind of have a respectable career where people really truly feel like I made a difference in their life. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Fabiola, they're going to be talking about you like that one day. I, I can already oh, tell. Thank you. I, I can That's already so tell. <laughs> I can just already tell. And it's cool when someone's leading their team and they're um, in the trenches with them and helping them grow, uh, empowering them to be the best they can be. And then also finding ways to fulfill their career. So it's so cool to see that. So Fabiola, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day uh, to join us today and kind of create this with us. And thank you so much for leading this charge for women in automotive. 
Oh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for highlighting this because there are a lot of women that feel like, hey, is it possible? And I'm the first person to tell you it is possible. It's possible. It's right. I've seen it done. I'm living this life and just find the right group, find the right people around you and surround yourself by people who believe in you. But the number one person that needs to believe in you is you. So just be out there and think that you're just this amazing person and you're a badass and you'll be successful. (laughs) That's right. It is possible. Thank you, Fabiola. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks for watching this episode of In the Dirt with a Sodu. If you're new to our channel, make sure and mash that like and subscribe button. Also, check out some of these links for other great podcasts and content.